Good morning. I am Darrell Gunter, your host for Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Today, we're so pleased to have in our audience Ms. Janine Bauer, the South Orange Village trustee and candidate for the Village President as our in-studio guest today. Janine, welcome to the program. Thank you. We're so pleased that you're here to discuss your campaign as the election is coming up on May 10th, I believe. Is that That's correct? That's correct. Tuesday, May 10th. So if you could share with our listening audience a little bit about your background in education. Sure. Uh, my education is that I went to Syracuse University and Rutgers Law School. I graduated Rutgers Law School in 1984. And uh, I've been in private practice of law since then. I concentrate in environment, uh, transportation, and land use matters. And I also ran a nonprofit transportation organization in New York City focused on the, making the transportation network in Connecticut, New York, and New Jersey uh, more sustainable and economically efficient. I did that for 10 years, and prior to that, I was a prosecutor uh, down in Mercer County before I moved to South Orange uh, 18 years ago. I lived in Trenton, and I was a prosecutor in Mercer County. Uh, and before that, I was in law school and uh, college, basically. Wow, that is a very, very diverse and very rich <laughs> career. When you know, when you said about the environmental and land use, I, I'm drawn to the beautiful park development project that you personally worked on, where you raised $1.2 million in grants. Tell us about that project. That was, I mean, it has transformed that area to just look just simply beautiful. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm very pleased with that project, and, and, and so are my neighbors, and really, I think everybody in town. I've gotten uniformly uh, rave reviews about that. Uh, the way it came about is the way everybody uh, who's a citizen, and we have a very active citizenry in South Orange, really gets involved in our uh, committees and projects. Uh, I live over in the West Montrose area near the, the uh, border of Orange in the north section of town, and I used to take Mountain Station, a uh, railroad station, every day uh, to Hoboken and take the path into my job in New York when I first moved here. And I switched to downtown, the downtown station, when Midtown Direct came through, actually a couple years after Midtown Direct. And I realized that there was no good path. I had to walk through the park every day. I'm a lawyer, so a lot of times I had a suit on with, you know, nylons and high heels. I had to walk through the park with all the goose droppings and everything, and it was really a mess. Nothing was lit. Uh, there was a macadam path halfway through the park and not in my end of the park, and even that was all broken up. The water would pool and freeze and black ice in the winter. It was very unsafe and dangerous, so I went to the Board of Trustees, and I said, you know, I really think we should fix up the river. It looks like a mess. People throw trash in it. It's not nice at all, and it could be really nice. The banks could be restored and planted with native species, and we could have a walking path and a bicycle trail so that people could get back and forth to downtown, not just to the station, but to all the destinations, which by then were coming online. Sloan Street was starting to be revitalized, which it was all vacant stores when I moved here in 1993. And, uh, uh, you know, SOPAC was sort of in the works. It was nowhere, it wasn't under construction yet. So I went, I had this idea, and they said, go to Main Street, South Orange, with the idea. So I went to Main Street. There I met my two compatriots, Kirk Barrett and Rob Fish, and together the three of us really shepherded this project from start to finish. 
Uh, one of the things that I did while I was working for this nonprofit is I was a lobbyist. I've been a lobbyist most of my adult life. And so I went to Bill Pescrell, who's our congressional representative, as well as uh, other you know superior elected officials, and I asked them for money. I said, I have a great idea, and I'd really like you to pitch in. And they did. And that's really it. It took a long time, but you know that's really the beginning and end of it. You know, it's it's a, it's a really beautiful testament to the to the spirit of the people of South Orange. And exactly. um, my my daughter was playing softball, girls softball, and we had an all star game uh, last summer. Well, you know, last June, and it was just simply beautiful to watch all the families be able to walk across the bridge across and, the new bridge. and enjoy all of the pathways. So, really, thank you for that. Oh, no problem. And we have a new bridge coming. Uh, hopefully, it'll be in by the end of the summer uh, at the pool between the middle school parking lot and the pool. So, everything will be nice and handicap accessible, bicycle accessible. It would be a very pretty bridge. and. Uh, and the project will keep going. We're, we're now doing the design for getting across South Orange Avenue and also down at Waterlands by the Recycling Center and everything so we can go into Maplewood so that the people who live in what I call the Triangle area be behind uh, South Mountain School and that that northern portion of Maplewood, they can all just take the path and walk to SOPAC, you know, go to our stores, go to our restaurants. It's all about bringing people well, together without cars. Well, I'll tell you, 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 this is your first foray as running for village president, but you have demonstrated by this, by this project that you do have a vision. Oh, I have a big vision for this town. Tell I, us about the vision for the Bifus lot. <laughs> oh, the vision for the Bifus lot, I have to say, the Bifus lot is a critical lot. It's, it's not... Uh, it's not super large. I frankly think that you know it would be better if it took up more of the block, but it's large enough that any developer can make a go of that property. My understanding is the bank has just closed this week on the property uh, with an investor who probably will flip it to another developer. I hope that obviously that will happen after the election since the election is so close, and uh, I hope to be intricately involved in the uh, negotiations with that developer. Obviously, they uh, village president will be sitting on the planning board. That's what he or she does. And uh, so will the application for whatever goes there will come before the planning board. But um, whether it's an office building with, uh, with retail or restaurants or a residential building, either condos or apartments with uh, retail on the bottom or, or restaurants on the bottom, I think it's going to be um, a very pleasing, attractive, and well-designed building. So Any chance for uh, like a, a Marriott uh small hotel no Court, chance courtyard. for a hotel because the uh the studies that we've done uh don't support enough guests uh for a hotel i wish there was a hotel in south orange every time i have guests come to my house uh i think it's i think it's you know really sad that they have to stay you know either out on one of the highways or over in summit or over or in North. west orange or yeah west orange yeah. well now they have a nice hotel in west orange it's relatively close to my neighborhood right, right? but um yeah, or or they're out on you know. Well, that's on Route Ten, but. So, what is the compelling reason that you're running for village president? I mean, it's an unpaid position. <laughs> it requires a lot of time and effort. It's a labor, really, of love. I'm running for village president because uh, the I really want to execute the policy vision. Uh, 
for South Orange. I think South Orange has an incredibly bright future uh, in development. I think the first two critical pieces are going to be the former Bifus lot, which you just brought up, and the development at 3rd and Valley Street across from Valley National Bank uh, and down to the 4th Street area. I would like to combine that with a more upscale uh, development and try to persuade our neighbor Maplewood to do that because between uh, the Pathmark and Parker, uh, they have a tremendous, except for the apartment building that's there, which is actually a very nice apartment building, a tall, I think about six stories or so. Um, but otherwise, uh, those properties could really become sort of a super block uh, all the way into the South Orange up to 3rd Street of, uh, of stores and residential and restaurants and so forth, where that area is really struggling right now. And I think it would be something that would benefit all the, the village colonial area and everything else. It would improve everybody's properties values. It would be it would be safe and attractive and well-designed. It would have a continuation of the bicycle path through there. One of the things that people don't realize, if you go down the little one-block street of Lackawanna Place and stand right next to the railroad, you can see the South Orange train station. All of that area is ripe for residential development. People would buy in a heartbeat there in order to you know, live in South Orange, work in New York or work in Newark or work in Hoboken, wherever, you know, Jersey City, wherever they want to go on the PATH train or something like that. So that's my development. More, uh, more, or that's my vision rather for development. More housing that's not necessarily, uh, you know, studies show and we had this with the manners and so forth. A lot of people with school kids don't move in, so we don't have to worry about school crowding or anything like that. They're empty nesters. They want to have a nice environment like we have in South Orange, but we need to have more diverse stores, more stores that attract people to come in, you know, different types of stores. And in order to do that, I plan to hire a, a professional at recruiting tenants for stores, especially where we have small footprints with inadequate parking, like on East South Orange Avenue. Um, but for the, those big spaces that we're going to be able to develop, I think we can get larger footprints so we can get some of the kind of stores that people always talk about that they see in Westfield. or In Summit. Yeah, Summit, or right. even Montclair. Montclair yes, has I, large I, I, footprints, yes. you know, and yeah. more parking. Right. And we don't have that. And that's, the, that's my other vision. We have to have more parking. We just have to have more parking. And is will that be like a um, a tiered lot, uh, multiple levels? Or? It would have to be multiple levels. I think Montclair is really the model for us right now. What they did on Church Street, mm -hmm. I think, really worked out very well. I've had, you know, good experiences myself, and all the experiences that I've heard from other people, they all say it's convenient, it's accessible, I can find it. You know, then you just walk to in the plaza area with all those stores and so forth. That's where we need to be. I like to switch topics to safety. Uh, here at Seton Hall University, I'm on the faculty, I'm an adjunct faculty, so I, I get the emails in regards to the alerts. And over the last few months, there's been a number of incidents where students have been robbed. Um, and I know that I've seen recently a more of a South Orange police presence. Um, what are some of your thoughts on how Seton Hall, Newark, and, 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 and South Orange and Irvington can partner to address this issue of safety? I'm glad you brought that up. I think uh, I th one of the things I mentioned in my background, I was a prosecutor, and I understand how you know crimes are investigated, um, suspects are indicted, and processed through the criminal justice system and so forth. I want to make public safety one of my top priorities. I think exactly what you just said. 
I'm not sure that there's any real partnership going on now. One of the things I plan to do is reach out not only to the mayor of Newark and the mayor of Irvington, whom I know, Wayne Smith, and the and their their police directors, and sit down between our police you know, chief and their police directors and so forth, and make sure that they know that South Orange is watching, that we're going to be an active participant, that I'm going to be involved. You know, if somebody commits a robbery or especially an armed robbery, which a couple of them have been, whether they're really guns or they just threaten to have a gun or knife, that doesn't really matter because if if you threaten it, it basically is an armed robbery. Um, I want to make sure that they know that we're going to be watching that, we're, we're going to solve that crime. Uh, we're going to watch it every step of the way through the prosecutor system. We'll, I'll be there at the sentencing to make sure the judge understands that South Orange is not a place that, you know, criminals can think, well, we can come across the border and, and take advantage of what's going on. Now, on the Seton Hall side of things, the take advantage part is that um, I would like to sit down with the, the new president, um, uh, Gabriel Stebbin, yeah. and 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 understand what kind of education and training in security the students are given here because quite frankly I think if the student leaves out you know what I'll call the back gate in order to go over by to themselves. the by especially by themselves uh, you know uh, to go over to the plaza you know whether it's Radio Shack or Dunkin Donuts or even beyond to Walgreens area and so on and so forth that student is basically a sitting duck I'm not saying that we shouldn't have safe streets on the other hand I wouldn't do that myself, and I'm not afraid of anything. I, before I lived here, I lived in Center City, Trenton. Uh, you know, I, I'm literally not afraid of anything. I would walk home from the office at midnight in Center City, Trenton, and not even, you know, worry about it or anything. Leave the courthouse and walk back to my house. I never had a car there, and in fact, I didn't have a car here for the first 15 years I lived here, only because I have the job that I do now. That I have a second car and I drive around. But the bottom line is, there are certain things that you really just don't set yourself up for. So. I'm, I'm not making any excuses. I want to get those robberies down. And actually, robberies are down. Our crime is down across the board with the exception of burglaries and thefts. Uh, and I'm going to be tackling them because that's really what ha- has sort of come over the border. But in terms of the robberies, I'm too concerned about the student safety. I've been an adjunct professor here myself. I, w- I don't want to have South Orange and particularly Seton Hall, which I view as such a critical part of our community, in the news for something bad happening. I, I just don't want that. Yeah, the, the basketball coach is taking care of that for <laughs> <laughs> so. Okay, no comment on that I one. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about your two years as village trustee. Um, what have you achieved during your tenure as a trustee? I think one of the things that I'm most proud of is um, drilling down on a legal and policy level and really treating it as a serious um, uh, sort of like a legislator does. Our, our trustee board is not, our whole village government is not really set up like mayor and council. Our trustee board is set up more like uh, the, tr- the, uh, the township committee like in Maplewood where everybody's kind of flat across the board. The CEO um, does chair the meetings but other than that it's, it's a relatively flat board. But I feel as though there were a lot of things that were proposed that didn't get by my scrutiny, quite frankly. And I exercised the same kind of um, uh, drilling down and sort of exacting review when I was on the planning board with applications. I would drill down, uh, ask the experts a lot of hard questions, the architects, the transportation engineers, and so on and so forth, uh, in order to make it the best possible 
project. I did the same thing, like we had a proposal, I frankly don't know where it came from, uh, that would have allowed boarding houses. And those boarding houses generally would have been in the area of town around where Seton Hall is. It, it's, it's not that it was disallowed in Newstead, it's just that the, the properties are not available in Newstead that those kind of things would happen. I generally read my packet. We don't get our packets till Friday. I don't know whether that's going to change or not, but we don't get our packets uh, for Monday night till Friday. I generally drill down to that on Sunday afternoon. And uh, the village council was telling us that that was a housekeeping ordinance and it was just to clean up this and that and so on and so forth. And, you know, I don't accept that as a lawyer and, you know, as a, as a trustee slash legislator for the village. Um, I looked into that. I, I, uh, the, I think the first vote we deferred it. And then I, so then I had a couple more weeks or maybe a month, depending on which meeting it was, uh, to look at it. In the meantime, I called the mayor of Maplewood and I found out whether boarding homes were allowed in Maplewood. I found out the answer was no. I looked at the Newark code. I found that Newark doesn't even allow uh, boarding houses except in the East Ward. And that's only in certain instances. I found out that East Orange doesn't allow boarding houses. And I found out that Orange doesn't allow boarding houses. And then I said, hmm, we're going to wind up attracting boarding houses. Why would we want to do that? So then I took it upon myself to talk to my fellow trustees and, you know, make a little bit of a big deal about it. And that's how I do things. I always try to check in with everybody. I always try to find out, you know, what's behind this? What's the interest that I'm seeing or not seeing? How does this compare with my own views? But the bottom line is, I'm going to stand up for what I think is right to protect our community. And I've had a number of things like that just in that sort of area where it's either legislative or budget. Very nice, very nice. Ha- to have boarding homes in, S- in South Orange. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. And what do you, is there something that you felt that you could have done better as village trustee over the last two years? Uh. Well, I'm not sure it's a self-criticism, but I can tell you one of the major reasons that I'm running for village president is because the way our system is set up right now, I feel that trustees spend too much time sitting in meetings. And to tell you the truth, the, the, the skill set that, that I have where I know how to raise money, I like to roll up my sleeves, I like to get projects done, I'm, I describe myself as an infrastructure gal, I'm into streets, I'm into you know, sewers, I'm into pipes, I'm into water and so on and so forth, into rivers and transportation systems. Uh, That's why I like being the DPW uh, chair, Department of Public Works chair, which generally is considered, you know, that's the bad assignment. Nobody wants that, Siberia, but I I relish (laughs) that. That's that's what I want. But but the bottom line is, aside from DPW, uh, we sit around in a lot of uh, committee meetings until very late at night, and that is not where I get my work done. Where I get my work done is by speaking to people, talking to the staff, talking to the community, talking to other mayors, talking to other planners and policy people, raising money, lobbying you know, Congress, lobbying Joe DiVincenzo, you know, whatever it is. That's what I do, and that's my vision of what the CEO of the village does. The mayor has to be out there. Uh, you know, getting the money, getting the projects done, you know, making sure the staff does their job, making sure the, the vision actually happens. And I think over time, you know, it's it's had fits and starts, but basically if I had a criticism of uh, the past administration or administrations, I should say, because I, I served uh, on the planning board with Bill Calabrese, it's that there was no lack of vision, but there was a problem in the implementation phase, the execution phase. I don't have that problem. I'm good at executing things. And 
uh, to be a trustee does not really allow me to do that. You're sort of like in the legislative branch. It's sort of like if you were, you know, Bob Menendez or Senator Lautenberg, you know, they're known for great, you know, voting records or raising money or, you know, whatever they have to do to get reelected in the Senate. And that's great. They're, they're absolutely great politicians. But that's totally different than being the president. So I see myself as having the personality and the background and skill set to do that. And quite frankly, it's been a little frustrating to me to be a trustee. And I want to move up. And I think I'm qualified for the job. And so how would you describe your platform that you've been running on in regards to uh, for the office of village president? Um, well, my platform, ha- first of all, everybody should visit www.pureprogress.org uh, because I have a very detailed platform there. Not only all of our accomplishments and some of the platform is woven uh, throughout all the topical sections, but I have a bio page and my own personal platform, Janine Bauer's Commitment to Voters. Um, but because this is a radio station and we don't have all that much time, I'm just going to touch on three things. I have to say, though, that especially if I, as I've talked to voters, and I'm no different myself, I own a home here, it's my major investment, I pay my property taxes and so forth, um, and on top of my property taxes, my water, garbage, and sewer, which I have to say in no other town in New Jersey ha- where I've ever lived have I had to pay all of that not as part of my tax bill. But on top of it, yeah, you're you're nodding I'm like vigorously. Like, yeah. You're nodding vigorously. It's like oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> but um, uh, uh, the top three issues are taxes, taxes, and taxes. And so mm-hmm. my top issue is really reducing the tax burden in South Orange. Um, we have a big budget gap next year. I don't know that I. I I know that I can't promise that next year because I don't know that I can deliver that, but I am going to promise to reduce the tax burden on South Orange residents. And the reason is not just because everybody would like to have their tax burden reduced. That's, you know, that's sort of the more simplistic. It's very hard to do, but it's sort of a simplistic goal. But the reason is because it goes along with my village of making this an even more attractive place to live because we have the transportation. We're half an out, half an hour outside of New York City. I mean, everybody w- should want to be coming here. Forget about Milburn. Forget about Summit. Forget about the places that take another 20, 25 minutes to get to where you have to live in an even more expensive house, drive up to the train station, and so on and so on. So, you know, you can't bike down the trail like you can here or something like that. The reason is because if we become a leader in the efficient delivery of services so that we can reduce the taxes so that the headline in the star ledger is South Orange got its act together and actually you know came in at a zero tax increase or combined some departments and actually came in at minus one minus two percent or something people are going to say I want to live there because the other towns are going the opposite direction and even if they're not going in the other direction they're laying off police they're laying off fire they're laying off staff we haven't done that for a single person yet are we've reduced the um, the both the operating budget and the number of employees from I think we were at 206 to down to 175 right now but every one of them was through retirement attrition or something else we haven't fired I mean, except for cause, you know, here and there. But, you know, uh, we haven't laid off or fired a single person. Now, I'm not saying that we're going to be able to do that again over the next four years. But the bottom line is good management is going to attract people in addition to everything else that we have going for us. You know, there's the controversial issue of combining our police force uh, with with Maplewood as we have a combined school district. What are your thoughts about um, having a a countywide police force? 
I think a countywide police force is a good idea. I don't think a police force combined with Maplewood would be a good idea, and I don't think the fire department combined with just one other town would be a good idea either. I view us as requiring um, the police to be on patrol, you know, the police that we know, know, you know, not somebody from, you know, Kenosha, Wisconsin, but the police that we know on patrol in our neighborhoods, and especially going back to your Seton Hall question earlier, focused more so that it's not just, you know, the regular four-zone layout, you know, where they're just patrolling no matter what is going on, but that where we have his, an historical hotspot or incident spot like, like in the Seton Hall area, we should have more focused patrols. And the chief has done that. In fact, the chief did that, I know, in my neighborhood because we were having successive break-ins in the, in the summer and fall, and he really focused the patrols there. Um, the bottom, so, so the patrol level has to stay here, but in terms of super Supervision and you know what I would describe on the corporate level. They're obviously not a corporation. As the back office, wow, let's combine that. It, New Jersey has too many municipalities. There's too much redundancy and bureaucracy, and that has to fall away because that's the only way that the taxpayers are going to get what they're really paying for. And what they really want is the patrols. We just don't need all the the uh, other extra layers and all the you know, fleet management and, you know, records and, you know, everything like that. And, you know, uh, filling out paperwork, we're, we're way too bureaucratic. Very good. Very good. What are some of the other ways that you think that we can uh, reduce our tax burden? Uh, by having more development. I think the other thing that we've really lacked in this great recession is the uh, development that had been coming online regularly in South Orange. So it's my goal to get those applications through the planning board and underway. Uh, it'll definitely happen, I, I would say, with the BIFAS, depending on how long it takes to resell that property to a developer, because the BIFAS lot has no environmental problems. It's got all its approvals, and it's basically ready to go. So. Now, um, th- you had a debate recently with, with, with your opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, is that the only debate that's going to occur? Um, it is the only major debate that's going to occur. Um, I think there's some confusion. Now, I've heard, you know, you gave me a list of questions that you were going to ask me before the show, and uh, apparently um, my opponent believes that uh, I was avoiding him in uh, saying that I didn't want to have a second debate. But actually, the way that all came about was um, the League of Women Voters asked us for a debate, and the Seton Hall liaisons asked for a debate. So I said, well, can we combine that? Because at this point, the last two weeks of the campaign, which is when everybody wanted to have the debate, Debates because the school board election was so late, and we also had a school vacation, which was very late. So, you know, the school board candidates got basically a month to campaign, and we're getting about two weeks to campaign. And foreseeing that, I knew that every night, like this week, and that's what happened, I'd have a coffee to go to or a fundraiser or something like that. So I, I was reluctant to engage in what I would consider redundant debates, especially because I, I, the scene hall liaisons and LWB did combine, which I expected them to when I wanted them to, but that wasn't the first uh, proposal. And then the very next night, which was last night, we had a candidates forum at the Tuxedo Park Neighborhood Association. So to my mind, that already was the second debate. And then after they got set up, the news record, which is uh, quite frankly uh, absorbing an enormous amount of our time. It's like when you're in grad school, I feel like I have to go home every night and write, you know, an essay to the news record um, because they have these, you know, five question surveys and then or five topic surveys. And then with each topic, there were five questions. And, uh, you know, literally it was so much time that when
when they asked for a debate, I said, no, no, no. I, by then, the LWV Seton Hall liaison debate is going to be being telecast repeatedly. And I just felt like it would be redundant of what was already going to be in the news record. So in my view, I didn't turn down my opponent for a, a, what in my mind was a third debate, not a second debate, I turned down the news record. I said, you know what, you guys, your strength is print. I'm already giving you tons of time and tons of words. And uh, no, I don't want to do another debate. So I did I did absolutely say that. I'm not backing away from that. But it had nothing to do with avoiding my uh, opponent. But I want to thank you for coming on the program to set the record straight. Oh, well, thank you for saying that. You know, because I think it's important that the public here from both the candidates and, and get a fair perspective mm-hmm. from that. No, I, I'm a lawyer. I love to debate. But, you know, I, uh, the news record was sucking up a lot of time. <laughs> too, too, <laughs> much time too much time. <laughs> now, um, let's flash forward. Let's say um, you're successful and you, and you win the campaign. Um, your, your opponent is a young man with a lot of energy. Um, Tremendous energy. <laughs> um, do, do you think he could um, have a place uh, in your administration unofficially? Uh, because by his standards, he said that he has plenty of time to devote to the village. I certainly hope he will de- be devoting as much time as he's devoting, or you know, maybe less. I'm sure he has other things that he needs to pursue uh, to the village. He's already devoting a tremendous amount to the village. I think what I'm looking forward to, if hopefully I win, um, is sitting down with him, as I always have, um, you know, with any opponent, whether I win, lose, or you know, whatever happens, uh, to find out what that person really wants to do. Because the thing I think that strikes me about my opponent is really didn't want to be a trustee. And he's actually quite clear about that. He really wants to be the village president. So if I win, he can't do that. So is his perspective going to change? I don't know. Will he be happy sitting on a committee? Uh, he was actually offered the um, to chair the public information committees because he's so into you know media and so forth. And uh, he said no to that. So he's uh, an interesting young man, and I'm going to have to get to know him better. And I hope I do that as the village president. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, believe it or not, we are actually out of time. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Janine, I want to thank you for coming on the program. Um, I want to thank our guest, Janine Bowers. She's running for the South Orange Village president. She's currently a South Orange Village trustee. And please be sure to vote on Tuesday, May 10th in South Orange. Janine, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This is Darrell Gunter, your host of Leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM, located on the beautiful campus of Seton Hall University. Have a great weekend, and remember, leadership begins with you.